Welcome to Veterinary Ophthalmology, a podcast hosted by Dr. DJ Hoisler, a board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist by the American College of Veterinary Ophthalmologists and his co-host, John Lobby. Dr. Hoisler owns and operates the Animal Eye Institute. Here, we talk about medical intervention, surgical correction, and current issues in veterinary ophthalmology. Our goal is to level you up in veterinary ophthalmology. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. It's like that old 70s show, Welcome Back, Cotter. It's fun to be back with everybody today. Thanks for sticking with us through a little bit of a life-just-happened hiatus. I'm your co-host, John, here with Dr. DJ Hoistler. What is up, my friend? It's not It's not like the uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. It, it, it's more like the hangover. We are back. We are back. We are back. <laughs> So yeah, we had a little bit of a break from summer. Life gets in the way and summertime is busy for for both of us. And so now we're pulling into fall and had some conferences and some other things going on. So now we got, got more to talk about. I feel like as as two guys who live in the Midwest, as as we were talking about down to the studio, like I feel like fall is our prime time. We got college football, we got yeah. Sunday football. And in the in the States, we have football Thursday, Saturday. Sunday, Monday. So yeah. for us, American football is so fantastic. Plus the the weather, seeing the foliage change. It's just, if you could live in a better place, Friday, I'd, I'd challenge people. Fridays, if you like college football too, you can watch some Friday stuff. Well, we get Friday night lights with the high schools. I mean, I've been at my kids' high school the last three weekends, yeah. three Fridays for for stuff. So I'm glad they have a, an away game this week so I can actually do something fun yeah so so you know university of georgia plays on fridays and they usually play a high school team so it kind of fits it's kind of like the first couple of games of ohio (laughs) state schedule if i'm not mistaken knock it off i'm mistaken transmission d3 d3 knock it off all right well our banter is not the purpose of this podcast one bit but as as dr hoistler said he said it's been some lecture season going on so before we get into that, I mean, has any, anything been going on with you over the last couple of months that you feel is notable to these fun listeners that oh, I think take time should, to listen to us? We'll, we'll get into it, I think. I think no need to just, you know, give you the, the cliff notes if anybody is old enough as me and John to, to talk about cliff notes. I, oh, my gosh. I don't think they have cliff notes anymore. You know what I was thinking about the other day, actually? You and I went to college mm-hmm. back when there was barely any internet, right? right? Like yeah, right. I, I had my first email address when I was a freshman, which I tried to get hotmail at hotmail.com, oh, I knew uh, at, at, you know, but it was, believe it or not, it was already taken. I, I believe that. <laughs> but we didn't have Google, mm-hmm. right? So there was at the university I went to, there was this phone number you would call called fact line. Mm. And so on Thursday nights, if we were bored, we would just call up fact line and we'd say, Hey, how many steps would it take for us if we wanted to walk from the city we're in to the moon and back? And they'd say, I don't know. Let me call you back. And sure as hell, they'd call us back and they'd find it out. Now you can get that answer in like two seconds on chat GPT. Two seconds, which may or may not be involved in today's podcast in one way or another, that chat GPT. AI. That's that's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. well, hey, so most recently you've been on the lecture circuit. I think part of the genesis of this podcast actually started 
last year when we started sharing some of the insights from your your lecturing life. Yeah. So we've come full circle. And recently you were down in Mexico. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And we can talk about this and then we can get more into topics and experiences when we move into late fall and winter as well, just just for other things to talk about. But yeah, I um, was invited by Dr. Rodrigo Tardone, who is a fantastic ophthalmologist in Mexico and lectured at the CVDL, Congreso Veterinario de Leon, I believe is how you say it. Your pronunciation is on point. It's terrible. It I get it. But... <laughs> Don't mistake my lack of good pronunciation with disrespect. It's a, it was a, it's an awesome conference and plenty of stories to go to go along with it. Yeah. So where where was this hosted? Leon, Mexico. Leon, Mexico. What you travel? You get I I get to travel to like the grocery and back or down to our beloved lake and back. What is Leon, Mexico like? It was great. It's a very busy area. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of restaurants in the area. I mean, is there a city in the United States that it's comparable to, like the experience-wise, or because it's in a different country, it's a whole nother? You know, that's a good question. And I, and I don't know because in the United States, we think that cities are big. And then you go there and we don't get to hear a lot about it. And you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, that's like, 12 times the size of Cincinnati or something like that when you thought Cincinnati was a, a, a big place. And so I don't know what is comparable. I try to read about a fair amount of stuff. I can tell you that the traffic is comparable to like LA and Chicago and the busier cities that way. But in terms of like overall density, I always have to look up population and things. Yeah. So d tell us a little bit about why you chose to go to this conference and uh, what you were hoping to get out of it. Well, I did. I, I don't choose anything, I guess, I I except if I choose to get on a plane. But Rodrigo Tardone is a good friend of mine and asked me if I wanted to uh, lecture at this conference. And this conference is on my list of bucket list places to lecture. So I don't know if anybody. Why else, is that? Mm -hmm. oh, it's the largest one in the world. What, wow. what is the better opportunity to lecture at the largest conference, veterinary conference in the entire world. Over 24,000 people attended this conference. Well, you texted me one of those pictures from the, it looked like the exhibit hall. Yeah. And it looked like, you know, one of those huge exhibit halls out in Vegas. Yeah, when it's they do insane. One of those yeah. I mean, it's insane. I mean, so we'll talk about this a little bit more, but my resident went with me to lecture also. And she said, boy, we don't do it right in the United States. And I go, no, these guys do it right. You know, Mexico... Latin America, they do it right. So it, it was, it's a, it was fun. So when you went there, you, you went obviously to lecture because you were invited. It was just like a one, one and done kind of thing. And you got to enjoy the, the rest of it or how, how busy were you when you were there? Well, it started with, I think this has been planned since March of this year and two weeks prior to the lecture, the organizer of the conference called left me a WhatsApp message saying that one of the other ophthalmologists canceled and did I have any contacts that could that would go and I was essentially telling this story in my clinic in the morning basically kind of like can you believe this sort of thing and my senior resident one of my senior residents Erica Bono who was on the the show prior she said oh I'll go 
And I said, that doesn't surprise me. I said, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I said, you got a passport? And she goes, yep. And, you know, of course she did. She, Erica loves margaritas. Erica loves tacos. Erica's fiance is from Mexico. So I know Erica's going to go. So I said, plus she probably has some pretty brilliant lecture topics she could share on. Yeah. 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 Some of which I've shared. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But she did have ones that were original that she had, but, but we did say, Hey, look, this is, they're in a bind and we have a bank of lectures that we can give. And so as a group with the NY Institute, we share our lectures with each other. And so we can all modify each other's lectures and so she gave a lot of those and gave some of her originals as well, which her original one is probably the best one out of all the ones that she gave. But yeah, so she hopped on a plane and we went down there for uh, five or six days and she knocked out seven hours, I think, and I did not eight hours. So we gave 15 hours of continuing education. Holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. Is that, how does that compare to your normal, normal lecture load? Is that kind of depends if I were to do something that was, on a weekend by myself, it's usually 10 or 11 hours for Saturday and Sunday. So her and I and Rodrigo basically filled the room from 9 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night for three days. The three of us knocked out lectures. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I I, I can't listen to myself on this podcast, so I can only imagine talking I, I can't talking for that long. <laughs> what it would be. I can't. I can't. So I, yeah, I, I can't listen either. And yeah. Well, one of the things that is so important about this podcast and the reason we started doing this is to be able to, in an open platform, share knowledge with folks from all over. We'd never anticipated this, but now we realize folks from all over the globe so let's take some time to talk about the lectures that were out there. And, and before we get into yours, why don't we jump into a little bit about Dr. Bono's lecture and what her, her topic was? Cause you, you don't always, you're oftentimes being the one who is lecturing. So mm-hmm. you got to witness one of your residents go up there and do lecturing. So that had to be a pretty neat experience for you. So before you get into the topic, just talk about what it was like for you as uh, somebody who teaches to watch one of your residents up there at the world's largest veterinary conference. Yeah, that's a good point. It it was really awesome. You know, I mean, this is the, this is the, the world's biggest stage for a resident to, to get to lecture. And it kind of fell in our laps to have this opportunity, but you know, if I was a resident and I got this opportunity, I think I would I would probably soil my pants because, <laughs> because it was huge. You know, it's huge. And I, I didn't get an opportunity like this. I mean, this is something that I've wanted to do for 12 years and Erica got to do it as a third year resident. And she's good at it. She's very good at it. She gave great lectures. They were smooth. Funny kind of side story is that at the very beginning, the translator, so so when we give these lectures, the if the audience doesn't speak English, they put a, you get headphones and there's a translator in the back of the room. So at the first day, the translator comes back and and she says, you know, kind of goes over some things. And I said, oh yeah, I've done this before, you know, and I said, I'll, I'll speak slowly. And, you know, she goes, no, 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 I don't want you to speak slowly. I want you to speak normally. Just try not to go super fast, but don't make it awkwardly slow. I said, okay. So, The next day we give lectures and I gave a lecture on hyaluronic acid and it's a very 
dense lecture and dense with slides. I know that the time is constraining. I wanted to get through all my material. And so I, it probably went a little bit too fast. And at the end of the day, the translator came up and Eric and I are sitting next to each other. And the translator says, Dr. Hoyser, I really need you to slow down. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't keep up, you know, like you're, you're going way too fast. And I said, okay, I'm sorry. It was a dense lecture. I wanted to get through the material. It wasn't one that I wanted to cut off because the results are at the end of the study. And the, and the, the translator looked at Erica and goes, not you, you're perfect. <laughs> Just this guy. And, like, and Erica's laughing because it's like, of course, the guy who's done this 20, 30 times gets told he's not doing well enough, but the, but my, my, but the rookie knocks told, it out of the park, knocks it out. So yeah. I, that, I was proud. That's of that. pretty cool. Very proud of that. That, yeah, that has to make you both of you feel pretty good. Yeah. Feel pretty good. So tell us about the first lecture that you talked, that, you delivered. We did, I did two hours on ulcers, uh, which is always a, a good a good hit. The hard part is is sometimes when you look at when you do these with frequency, you realize what are your strong topics, and then you realize what are your strong parts of the day. This was a very strong topic, which was ulcers, but it was delivered at first thing in the morning from nine to eleven. So you may not get the people there that you want to get because people were out having a good time, sleeping in the next day. You also don't necessarily want to have the end of the day. Because people want everybody's ready to go to dinner, ready to go to dinner. Yeah. You also don't necessarily want right after lunch because they're kind of sleepy, you know? So is there a good time? To, so you're looking at like a, a 1030 to 1130. Yeah. There's like and no good like time after 230 to 330. Yeah, yeah. There's like no good time yeah. after that. Right. Like maybe like, yeah. maybe like 230, I guess is a good, is a good time. It's like know. prime time, you know, prime time. If you're in prime time. Yeah. It's not like, you know, the keynote because. Not everybody goes to the keynote, let's be honest. Uh-uh. No, you want to be in that 2.30 time slot. Huh? Uh-huh. So, so ulcers, what, and give us, for those listening, you gave, you know, you gave an hour on this thing. I'm going to ask you to put it down into like five minutes on a, on a handful of these topics because uh, I want to make sure people can get, like we said, the cliff notes. Uh-huh. So I, I think that, you know, with the ulcer talk, the, some of the drive home points of this is understanding the anatomy and that you don't have much space to work with, so you have to act fast. I think it's also important to understand, look at the different causes of ulcers. Are they, Is it an indolent ulcer? Is it a traumatic ulcer? Is it secondary to eyelid disease? Is it secondary to exposure? Is it an infected ulcer? And then lastly, I think that the one of the biggest topics to look at is understanding pharmacology. So understanding that triple antibiotic doesn't, cut it for every single ulcer. You need to look at other other modalities to treat this. The other thing that's very interesting for me to learn about when I go to other countries is things that are widely available here in the United States are not available in other countries. Things that are incredibly expensive here in the United States are pennies to the dollar in other countries. So what's an example of that? Atropine. So I talked to atropine is a drug that a topical drug that's given to help dilate the patient and it helps them feel better so that they're not their eye doesn't hurt as much. And currently atropine can cost over a hundred dollars a bottle here in the United States. And I had a good friend of mine, Marco Mora, who's who's going to be visiting Animal Eye Institute in November, and hopefully we can have him on as a guest. His oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, his English is fantastic, so we'll have him on as well. 
he can dispense atropine for 20 bucks. What? Yep. Yep. The United States is actually really terrible when it comes to drug costs compared to other countries. Interesting. So, so when you look at uh, takeaways from it, you know, you want somebody to take three things away from, from yours. You, t- you mentioned pharmacology. What are the others? Anatomy, understanding your anatomy, understanding that anatomical issues can cause ulcers. The age of the dog is or cat is a big, big deal. So if they have an ulcer at the age of two, it's usually a different subset of reasons why they have an ulcer, such as dry eye, ectopic cilia, testicula, entropion, versus older dogs may have an issue with indolent ulcers, facial nerve paralysis, severe dry eye disease. So these are these are some different considerations that I try to talk to them about. So on to what I'm slowly learning is one of my favorite topics that we talk about is you did uh, in part because of our good buddy, Dr. Ron Spatola and the unique practice that he's able to perform related to retinas. You did a lot of... Um, a lot of hours, a couple hours at least on, on retina. So give us the cliff notes on, on that. Retina is a, is a condition that this is an interesting discussion because retinal disease is by far and away what general practitioners call me about saying that they don't understand, everything looks different. And then when I lecture on retinas, the room clears out. Really? So it doesn't make sense. Like you don't, but it does, it, it does make sense, but it doesn't make sense. Right. So it does make sense in the fact that no one wants to necessarily be involved in a topic that makes them feel inadequate, but fair. That's how we get better at our jobs is to be uncomfortable. So growth is uncomfortable is one of my, Mm -hmm. my favorite quotes that my managers know that I say that are you uncomfortable that we're growing as a practice? That's growth. You know, that, that, that's growth. So I, I always, you know, ulcers are easy. Everybody sees ulcers. So we feel very comfortable about that. We see them. We know topics. We just need a couple pointers here and there. But by and large with retinas, the practitioners are like, whoa, I'm out in left field here. I don't know what I'm looking at. So I try to talk about different equipment to use direct ophthalmoscope versus panophthalmoscope versus indirect ophthalmoscopy, how to get better examinations. And then we go over diseases and and what is various levels of normal and what is various levels of abnormal. So that's been a focus of my speaking recently. I did that down in Mexico. I did the ACVO conference, which we'll talk about it in another episode. And then I've been asked to do that online for uh, the Mexican Board of Veterinary Ophthalmology as well for a company called Santgar. So what do you see as the technique to overcome that barrier of, of discomfort? It's a technical skill. So it's a matter of just numbers, repetition. You know, I mean, this sounds kind of silly, but looking at the back of a retina is no different than a mechanic learns how to change a carburetor. I mean, it's a technical skill. It's It doesn't require exceptional knowledge, in my opinion, exceptional intelligence. I mean, I don't know how to change out a carburetor because it's, it's a technical skill. So mm-hmm. it's a matter of putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and continuing to look, 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 and look 
and then ask questions. And so, and then at that point where the questions can't be answered, they contact their yeah, you ref, you know you refer, refer out. Yeah, and, you refer to us. Yeah. Or you you know contact your local ophthalmologist, or you know you get on the internet, start looking at pictures. You know, yeah, yeah. So you also did two other lectures one glaucoma glaucoma yep glaucoma and then what well how do you say it? lenticular disease yeah i so we did lent i did a lecture on glaucoma i did a lecture on hyaluronic acid the future of hyaluronic acid in veterinary medicine and then congenital lenticular diseases in in dogs so which one which one of those three were you most excited to talk about and share with the group in Mexico? Honestly, the most I'm excited about was to talk about the future of hyaluronic acid and how it relates to uh, veterinary medicine, veterinary ophthalmics, because I've worked with a company called Centrix, and they recently were acquired by a company called Dome Pharma. And they're working on utilizing hyaluronic acid to reduce or in order to use hyaluronic acid and also place medications within those compounds, hopefully to reduce the the amount of times that a client has to give medications to a patient. So this is kind of like a holy grail of veterinary medicine is if antibiotics are supposed to be given four times per day, can we now use a product that gets us down to three times a day, twice a day, once a day? And so it's a it's a big deal because we're all busy. We're all we don't all have time to be doing drops four times a day. Just oh, like, I hate it. Just like your dog, you you don't even give your dog drops like once a day, even though I told you to. He's he's the worst. No, you're the worst. No, we we put the the bottle comes out and the dog runs out the yeah. door. Yeah, out the door. Yeah, and this is my dog that is the good dog. It's not even the crappy dog. Yeah, that isn't well behaved. Yeah. So, I mean, like this, I think is, and I know we've talked about this yeah, in have, one of the previous episodes. So it, it, so I'm extremely excited about this personally as, you know, a, as a pet owner. So what, what, how far, and we talked about this many, many, many episodes ago, but how, what have the advancements been since that previous conversation that we had about, about hyaluronic acids? I, I don't know how you can be excited about this because you don't even give your dog drops once a day. So I can't really reduce it down more than that, I guess. So what have the advancements been? <laughs> the advancements that we're trying to achieve is Is it an injection now instead of me having to give my dog drugs? No, no, no. We're we're trying to we're trying to create a better ownership out of client is what we're trying to do. So we we just encourage, you know, people like you maybe I'm just joking. I know, I know. I love your dogs. I know. So the advantages really are figuring out how to reduce this to make it easier on easier on people. Because we know that everybody's busy and we know that everybody's not giving drops the way that they're supposed to be given. So, you know, there's a there's a few holy grails in in ophthalmology, and I think that this is one of them, is figuring out how to how to reduce this for clients. Well, I mean, it's one of those ways that animal medicine carries over into Human medicine, right? You're always looking yeah. for the most efficient yeah. way to provide care. Yeah. Yeah. So were there... Because were, com, because compliance is one of the biggest problems, right? Like, oh, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, it, every it, every guest we've had on, we've said, what's your biggest, the biggest pain in your butt? And they said, patient compliance. 
but it but it's not even the patient compliance because well, it's, because the, I know the dog's not going to give himself drops right, obviously right, right. unless it's human compliance. Yeah. But the same is true for humans too. I mean, MDs say these same things. You know, you go, oh, yeah. you know, you go to your MD and they say, "Why did you not need a refill for an extra year?" And you go, "Well, I had plenty." And they go, "Well, <laughs> that means you're not giving it the way you're supposed to." You know? Yeah. Well, where where I work, you know, we had a we got a grant and the reason or impetus for the grant was because when they they were trying to reduce emergency department readmission rates and and the big problem or the root cause if you will of the readmission rates was non-compliance with medications for COPD right so that's what this intervention was trying to to solve so it's it's very very similar so we mentioned your topics that you presented on but were there any other topics at the conference, noting that it is the world's largest, any topics that you would consider that were potentially controversial in nature that people were talking about in between in between sessions? No, there weren't. Not at this conference. We didn't get into too many of the, the controversial stuff. And me and Erica, Dr. Bono, we were, we, we were watching each other and that took up most of our day. Also, another colleague... Dr. Aitzi from Mexico, who does only equine. And so it was really nice to see her too. And she gave some talks on equine. Bless her soul. She, I saw that she was in a wheelchair. She was lecturing in a wheelchair. And I thought maybe she got kicked by a horse or something tragic. And she slipped off of a step in her house and busted her knee. But she still had the courage to get up there and lecture. Uh, That's dedication right there. That's dedication. She got up there in a wheelchair and lectured. So, but I, I I didn't feel like anything. Usually the usually the the controversy comes from presenting new science, not to a course presenting how to educate people to what we're currently doing. Gotcha. One of the things that's always fantastic about these conferences in anybody's trade is the networking opportunities that you just get placed in, mm-hmm. which are fantastic. Tell us about what that was like at the world's largest veterinary conference the the networking is the best it really is ran into a lot of colleagues at labia's pharmacy who i lectured with last year and who i have some um, upcoming online lectures with in in the the late fall and winter here other colleagues that you find and veterinary ophthalmology is a small world so you know i'm able to find colleagues on instagram and facebook and linkedin and got to meet them and see them and get pictures with them share ideas with them. And that's where, you know, the networking and the discussion of cases as you share an appetizer, food or whatever, you know, that that's where your trip becomes very well worth it. It isn't me talking about something that I've talked about 28 times and most of the audience may already know, but the real ideas come over dinner and, and connecting with colleagues. So what makes the trip worth it to me is the after hours stuff. So that almost answers my, my last question that I have for you about what makes an experience like going to any conference, let alone maybe we'll focus on this conference because it's so unique. What makes that so valuable? Is there a certain aspect and, and would you, we realize that leaving your practice is a really hard thing to do, right? 
that's your bread and butter, the number of cases you see, the patient volume. But having gone to now your bucket list conference, would you recommend it to others? Yeah, I would. This this conference is phenomenal. I mean, for like four or five days from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., they've got 20 rooms going at one time. So you can go to surgery, ophthalmology, internal medicine, infectious disease, neurology, whatever you want. And they always have an open door policy, which is kind of cool too, with the lectures where they keep the doors open. So you're not annoying anybody if you want to just open a door and come in and sit down or get up and open a door and leave. You can come and go as you want, you know? So, you know, I'm giving a lecture. I don't even remember what it was. And I see I'm 20 minutes into it and this guy gets up and leaves and I'm giving the lecture quite a bit, but in my head I'm thinking, well, it wasn't entertaining him. (laughs) That's kind of like the Elon Musk theory, right? Like they've got a, they've got a, at all of his companies, he has a policy that if you're in a meeting and it isn't for you, you can get up and leave. But I, but I agree with that, you know, yeah. because they they spend any any attendee spends a lot of their hard-earned money. Oh, and if yeah. they don't find what the speaker is talking about to be valuable, then get up and leave. Go go do your time is your biggest asset. So I totally agree. Even if it's me. Even if like half the room gets up and they're like this guy I'm out of here. That could go, be so deflating for a presenter though. I mean, sure. how do you how do you manage that i i like i think two things one i've presented at conferences Mm -hmm. before in in the field i'm in and and when you see somebody stand up and walk away first off nobody's going to sit in the first five rows no ever it's like catholic church yeah right like but if they do they're they're in they're in they're in for the hour they're in for the hour yeah but when they get up and leave, you're just like, it, it for a second, it throws you off, but yeah. you just got to get desensitized and realize that's what, when you have a policy like that, it makes it a whole lot easier for you just to get in your lane and go and give your presentation. Like you said, people that are into it are going to stay. Those that aren't will go. Fortunately, I haven't had half of a room get up and leave, which is great. Well, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, one of my first lectures I gave, this is this is kind of funny. One of the first lectures I gave, it was at a local local veterinary medical association and it was in a bar in a tiny little town and they were doing construction on the bar and there was a veterinarian there that was doing shots at the bar before I got there to lecture. Oh, I thought you were going to say during your presentation. Every time you said glaucoma, he oh, no. like did a shot. It might as well. Yeah. So I started to lecture. There were some AV technical difficulties. So I had to lecture straight off of my computer monitor. They didn't have the, the big screen. Oh, my gosh. And he put his head down and either went to sleep or passed out for a good hour. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. That was in 2011. And I thought it was a big deal coming back to Cincinnati. And he literally either went to sleep and said, your lecture is that terrible. Or he said, these shots are so good, I'm going to pass out. That, oh, my god! That's how bad it was. Oh and my and he's, he stayed with his head on the desk until I finished up and I walked out. I don't even know if he made it home that night, but that's how it went. 
So I don't know that we can top it with any other conversation at this point I, I've from all this, of that. But I've, but I will say what I will say is that this again reinforces the importance of continuing to reinvest in yourself. That's what that's what these conferences are mm-hmm. is a reinvestment in yourself to continue to be the best provider you can be, the best in in any field you're in, but it, I love hearing the perspective from veterinary ophthalmology and veterinary medicine. What, what you're getting out of these as somebody who's been in the field for decades and, and is looking to impart on other folks. So, well, the other thing is too, is that there's a lecturing is a skill, just like putting a catheter in or intubating a patient. And so when I go to visit other ophthalmologists and when they lecture, I'm not listening to what they lecture about. I'm, I'm listening to how they, deliver that information, how they, their style of lecture, their slide style, things like that. And you, if you go to a lecture where you have six attendees and one of them passes out at the bar, you start to think to yourself, I got to up my game. If, if you really like to do this, you need to up your game. And so, you know, that night when I got home, it was like, let me make my slideshow better. And I spent the next handful of days getting better and researching, you know, how to speak better. And and so I haven't had anybody in the last two years fall asleep yet. I, well, that's good. I, I would love if they did just to take me back to old school. <laughs> but it's a it's a refined it's a refined sort of thing. I ordered the salmon. Skill. I ordered the salmon. Yeah. But well, Dr. DJ Hoisler, another great session sitting down with you just chatting about hashing out the good old learnings of being a veterinary ophthalmologist. Thanks for your time. For everybody listening on here, don't forget that you can learn a lot about Dr. Hoisler and his practice if you follow him on, a, on social media platforms on at Animal Eye Institute. Also, you can follow our podcast at Vet Optopod. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Until next time, and we we'll- got a, we got a new episode coming soon for the ACVO conference, and so tune in for that one as well. Oh, that'll be a good one. Be I good. love that one, and there's going to be some wicked reasons to listen to that one. That's for sure. Yep. For All sure. right. Take care, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this podcast with Dr. DJ Hoisler and John Lobby. Tune in next time for more educational content and current events in veterinary ophthalmology.